Welcome to the Witch of Wall Street. My name is Laura Tynan, and with open arms, I welcome you into this magical portal of creation where we'll be discussing all things wealth, witchery, and woo. So pull up a seat, sis. Get ready to become that wealthy witch. Welcome back to the Witch of Wall Street. I'm so thrilled that you're here. And before we delve into today's episode, which is all around the history of women and money, how if you have ever felt bad or guilty or any kind of negative emotion around money, how it's kind of not your fault. And I wanted to share with you a whole story around that, what you can do about it. And I promise you, you're going to feel so much better around your relationship with money by the time you finish listening to this episode. But before we delve into that, can I ask you a favor, please? I would really appreciate if wherever you are tuning into this, you could hit subscribe or follow. It really, really means so much to me. It helps me build this community even more. It helps us to fulfill our mission of female financial empowerment on an even greater scale and to reach more women like you that I know really need to hear this message. Right, that are perhaps struggling with money or want to have a better, more thriving relationship with money, but don't even know this is available for them. So please, if you could take one second, hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, wherever you're listening, wherever you're tuning in, it would mean so much to me. Okay, so now let's delve into today's episode, which as I said, is all around the history of women and money. So the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because doing the type of work I do, I hear it very often from women, these negative emotions come up and it can be anything ranging from shame, guilt, embarrassment, or even just avoidance around the topic of money. And often how this sounds like is, I should know better. I just feel like kind of stupid around money, that I don't get this, that I'm just going to leave it to my partner. I'm just going to wait until I meet someone and then they'll take care of it or I should be further along. I should have known better. I shouldn't have made that mistake with money. I just am not good with numbers. I'm just not good with maths. I'm just not good with managing money. It just doesn't make sense to me. All these things that come up. So check in like, what is it for you? But in creating this investing mini book, which I'll link down below, highly recommend you go to download it. There's a whole lot more in there and it's completely free as a gift. But within that mini book, as I was creating that and I was doing my research, I wanted to take a peek back in history on what the situation has been for women when it comes to money. And I'll tell you, I've actually been quite surprised in this journey. Now, you'll know this podcast, it's the home of wealth and woo, right? So as much as we talk around strategy, around personal finance, around investing, around wealth creation, we also sprinkle it with the magic of woo, meaning that we're bringing in the magic of manifestation, of the power of mindset, of using your mind to create the reality that you want. And so I'm very aware that where we put our focus is where we put our energy and that's what we manifest and magnify. So one of the things I realized very early in my journey, which was all around when I was back working in corporate finance and I was very passionate about gender equality, something that I realized was that as much as there was a good intention from 
women's networks to highlight the disparity, to highlight the inequality and the inequity for women in business, for women in finance, which was what I was working in at the time. That as much as there was the ambition and intention to raise awareness in order to make a change, actually, when we look at it from a woo point of view, what it was doing was reinforcing this belief and reinforcing the reality of not enough, not having equity, not having equality. And so I don't want to play too much in the space of, oh, look at how crappy things have been in the past for women when it comes to money. I'd rather focus on where we're going and our future. However, for this episode, I do want to take a quick peek back in history because I think there is value in understanding where we are coming from collectively, right? What our history has been because we are born, we grow up, become an adult and we're wondering why we haven't figured this thing out around money. And unless it's coming from your family or your schooling or by chance the friendships or circle that you're in, the likelihood is you're not gonna come across unless you come across something like this podcast or a book or you see an Instagram page or something like that. And so there's value in just understanding like where we've come from historically so that we can understand why maybe there's some issues coming up around money and to actually realize it's not a you problem. It's not you have the issue. It's there has just been an issue and you happen to be a woman in this world who is part of this collection, this society where this issue persists. And yes, we can do something about it 100%. But I hope, I suppose, my intention with this episode by sharing this is to almost like give yourself a break, right? We've come absolutely leaps and bounds from how things used to be. And things are continuously progressing and moving forward. But let's just acknowledge our history as well. And I think it's just interesting and valuable from that point of view when it comes to understanding our relationship with money and why sometimes it can feel like as women, we're not as good with money or that we might have this belief that we're not as good with money or that we somehow have this belief that our partner or our future partner will just take care of it for us. Like, where does that come from? So. That is the purpose of today's episode. So I have some really interesting stats that I want to share with you. And as I said, I highly recommend like go download the investing mini book that I've linked down below in the show notes. It's completely free and you can go back and you can read this plus get a whole load more around how to start your investing journey so we can literally collectively break this cycle and be the change makers when it comes to rewriting a new her story for money. So listen to this. During the 1700s in the US and the UK, British common law allowed for husbands to have complete control of the property a woman had coming into the marriage. All right, so we're going back to the 1700s. What about in 1884, so still a while back, women in Australia and New Zealand were finally able to control property. That's only in the 1880s and it wasn't until 1900 that women in the US and 1922 that women in the UK and 1956 for women in India that they were finally able to control property. So if we're only looking at the last 100 years, that's only maybe two generations 
of women in your family where they even had the opportunity to control property. And so when you look at even if we look at in, um, property investing and real estate investing, like it wasn't even that long ago that even just the ability to control property wasn't even available for women. So in the 1960s and 70s, it's only then that women were able to open up bank accounts and get their own credit cards and mortgages. Isn't that just like mind boggling? So this idea that women should be better with money or that you should know better with money, like when you think it was only in the 60s and 70s that women were able to open up bank accounts, get their own credit cards, get access to mortgages, you can kind of begin to understand why maybe somehow there may be a fear or a misuse of, for example, credit cards because they're relatively new and it wasn't that long ago until we were even able to have access to them. The next one I wanted to share was in 1974, so we're getting closer to like birth age here, the Equal Credit Opportunity Act got passed, which was to prohibit credit discrimination on the basis of gender. Now, a woman could then have a credit card in her name without a male co-signer. So again, this mentality sometimes around just believing that a man will be better with money or that your partner will take care of the money in the relationship, it hasn't come out of like the blue. It's not like you were born with this belief and just, you know, this is what you wanted to believe in. For a very, very, very long time, this was the reality. There was no other way because as women, if you couldn't even get access to a bank account, you couldn't even get your own credit card in your own name, well, of course, the man in that dynamic and that relationship and that house had to take charge of things. And so it's just really interesting when we begin to question our own beliefs and we begin to analyze, you know, where did these beliefs come from? That we begin to realize like, I, this belief just didn't come out of nowhere. And if I'm giving myself a hard time for, you know, doing the anti-feminist thing, I suppose, of like believing that a guy is gonna sort it out, well, do I actually wanna believe that? And when maybe when I realize where that belief has even come from, I begin, I can begin to look at it more objectively and be like, you know what, that's quite outdated. Let me upgrade to a new belief system. And the reason, again, I want to highlight this is because sometimes these beliefs can really run deep. And I interviewed an amazing woman, Ellen Rogan, on like season one of this podcast. And she is a certified financial advisor. She works over in the US and she's been doing her work within the financial space for 30 plus years. And on the episode, we were talking about money and money mindset and beliefs. And she said she was shocked, even though she had been, you know, a certified financial advisor and she had done all her qualifications and she was out there doing this work and she had her own business. But when she started to delve more into the money mindset work, that she began to uncover this belief that her partner would always have to be the breadwinner, that he should still be the one making more money and that he would be the one that would be financially um, in control of the household, I suppose. And when she began to analyze that, she said, well, you know, growing up, I, she was a single child and her mom was a stay-at-home mom, as was the case for many women, and her dad went out to work. And so it was often times as a child, you know, she would ask her mom, like, why can't dad be here? Why can't he be at home with us? And her mom would just say, well, he's out working. He has to make money to take care of us. And it's such an innocent thing to say, of course, you're not expecting as a mom that you're gonna implant this potentially limiting money belief in your child's mind. 
But the reality was that that belief just stayed with her for many, 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 many years. And again, it's not a criticism of that family dynamic. I think, you know, there's so many different ways that families um, exist in today's world. There's not just a one best way, but it's just more an awareness of, you know, sometimes these beliefs can be there hanging out regardless of how much work we're doing or regardless of the type of work we're doing. And it's just really beneficial to begin to um, check in with yourself. Like, why do I have this belief? Or why do I believe that a guy is always gonna take care of my money? Or that he would be better at managing my money than I would? Or that I need to outsource my investing to someone else? Or that I'm just not any good with money? You know, why, why do I believe that? Is that actually the truth? Or is that just some like bullshit thing that I bought into? Well, maybe understanding the history a little bit more can kind of help to understand maybe within society how these beliefs are formed and why collectively when we don't challenge them we actually perpetuate them so if you're in a group of women and you all kind of have a similar belief because you're all brought up within a similar community and you know within the same society then that belief just goes unchallenged and it plays out as a manifestation into reality so this is my like invitation to just you know take a minute to check in like what are some of your beliefs around money especially when it comes to the gender dynamics. I just find it really fascinating. Here's another interesting one. So this is the year before I was born. So the Women's Business Ownership Act of 1988 finally allowed women in the US to get a business loan without a male co-signer. And again, even when we look at the space of female entrepreneurship and we look at the incredible things that so many female business owners are doing in this world, you realize like it was only 34 years ago that women were able to get a business loan in the US. And so I think it's just really helpful when we look at the context today, when we look at gender inequality, when we look at the disparity or the inequity that exists, or when we look at these atrocious numbers of like, there's only 20% of, you know, I don't know what the actual number is, but say 20% of female entrepreneurs, or it's such um, a mismatch between men and women. When you start looking back, you go, well, the system wasn't really set up for women to go out there and be taking risks and getting loans and having financial access to go and build these big businesses or to go and pursue their dreams. They didn't have the same opportunities to do that. And yes, even though so much has changed today and, and there's so many more opportunities today, there's still this history that is almost ingrained with us without, within us without us even realizing it. And so a lot of these dynamics still play out today because it's almost like the aftermath of what used to be really structurally unfair against women. So again, looking back at this is just, it's so fascinating, it's an eye-opener. And I hope by listening to this episode, you begin to realize like, it's not your fault if you don't have the most thriving relationship with money, if you don't feel the most confident with money, or you, you haven't had maybe made the best choices when it comes to your personal finances or how to manage your money. Like it really is not something that has been set up to be that you would be any other way, right? The system hasn't been set up that it would be any other way for you. Now, that said, you're here, you're listening to the Witch of Wall Street, you're in this community. So of course, now is an opportunity to change that or to continue on the path of changing it. So recognizing the past, but then looking forward to the future and how do we want it to be? What kind of history do we want to create around money? 
So jumping back a tad bit for my Irish listeners, so in 1976, women in Ireland were finally able to own their own homes. And again, when we look at wealth um, within generations, when we look at wealth held by men versus women, like it was only in 1976 that women were finally able to own their own homes. So maybe again, when we see this inequality where men, we just see them as being better at managing money or being the ones that have the control over money or are out there owning property or bigger in within the real estate industry. It's just helpful to understand that, again, society was not set up for women to be able to go out and have the same opportunities or to take the same risks or to have the same ability to go and build wealth for themselves. Like we're literally talking about one or two generations where this has even been a possibility for us. So again, it's like, you know, you making moves, you tuning into this episode, you turning up, maybe you're, you know, downloading the investing mini book and, and taking the next step, or you're joining one of my programs, like the Witches of Wall Street, to say, finally, I'm going to understand how to build my wealth, how to invest, how to manage my money, how to sprinkle some woo on it, so I can shift these beliefs I have around money to make it a more healthy relationship. You know, this is all part of rewriting this history because yes it hasn't been in our favor but does that stop us from thriving today and moving forward no but once we just recognize as well like what it has been like where what else did i want to share with you so in 1882 so single women in new zealand were still being denied mortgages and many still needed their father to co-sign so for my witches all the way out in new zealand again like things haven't been in our favor for very, very long. So you listening, tuning into a Witch of Wall Street podcast talking about investing is already such a massive step forward. And I just really want you to also acknowledge yourself because that is like breaking patterns. That's like rewriting a new generational code of wealth for you, for your family, for the women around you. And I think that's so amazing. So, you know, for the women that tune in and listen to this podcast, that join my community, whether it's on Instagram or within my newsletter or one of my programs like I don't take that lightly I really recognize what a freaking milestone this is and the generational patterns that you're breaking and I think it's just so amazing so I'm very grateful that you're here and as I said if you haven't already done so please like follow subscribe this podcast it really supports us to get this message out to more women and I really want you to know that you are part of this mission of female financial empowerment, which I'm so grateful for. Let's fast forward a little bit, um, 2016, so not that long ago. At the time, there was 11% of decision makers in venture capital. So we had a podcast not so long ago with Bobby Bedochka talking about the state of things for venture capital, looking again at why women are so underfunded within that space. In 2021, the US Bureau of Labor Statistics found that only 31% of financial advisors are women. So again, if you're feeling like when you look at the financial industry or the investment space that it's very male dominated, it's because it is. And I would imagine that a lot of those women who are even within that space have had to succumb to being very much within their masculine energy because it can be a very cutthroat space. And so perhaps, I'm not saying all of them, but there's a chance that even the female representatives within the financial advisory space or the financial industry are not necessarily always going to be, how can I say this? 
let me just read, let me just connect to this, I suppose, from my own experience. When I was working within the finance industry, I definitely felt that I had to act a certain way, you know, um, because it was so male dominated. So that's all I'm saying is like, even when there's financial advisors who are women, and if it still feels very masculine, it's because maybe they have also felt the pressure to talk or act or be in a certain energy in order to thrive and survive within those spaces. So here's the big one I wanna share, and I wanna leave you with this really. When we talk about investing, and if you feel like, I don't know if this is for me, or none of my friends do this, or no one in my family does this, my sisters don't do this, I don't really know if it's actually for me. I just want you to remind you that the reason that might be coming up for you is that only about 16 to 20% of women are actually investing. And so, again, the fact that you're here listening into this podcast, that you're part of this community is massive. Like you're already in such a tiny proportion of women who are either investing or who are even interested in discovering how to invest. And here's a funny one. 61% of women would rather discuss death than they would talk about money. And that just says so much, right? And when we look back at our history, I've just picked out a couple of highlights um, or perhaps lowlights from women in history you can realize and you can understand why it must feel so much normal for most of us women to talk about things like our death plan than it would be for money because for so long we were kept out of the conversations we were kept kept out of the environments where we were allowed to converse about money have access to financial um, facilities or services and so to feel uncomfortable or to feel strange talking about money is very understandable and I just want to reiterate this that it's not a you thing. It's not a, oh, this is just how it is thing. It's just an awareness of, well, this is what our history has been. It hasn't been an open door for women to be thriving financially as much as their male counterparts have been. And now is the time for change. And you being here is a testament of that change coming. And so again, I'm just so excited for you to be here in this community. I'm so grateful that you are tuning in Um, hopefully every week moving forward and sharing this with women in your life because female empowerment and financial empowerment go hand in hand and really we can't talk with one without talking about the other so like share this with the other women in your life to normalize these conversations around money and to do this with the women in your life it's going to make it way more fun way more approachable and just normal Because, you know, if something's coming up or there's a lot of birthdays or there's a lot of events coming up and it's not within your spending plan that you've set in your money date, for it to be okay to be like, oh, hey, I'd love to go, but actually it's just not really lining up for me this month. And for the women in your life to be like, oh yeah, I totally get it. Because I did my spending plan and I had to move things around to make this work. And so it doesn't feel isolating. It doesn't feel weird to have these conversations. It doesn't feel strange that you're talking about your investments or like you know what actually I want to save a little bit more money this month and next month and moving forward and put it towards my investments because I've shifted my financial goals and I now really want to get to that million dollar mark or million euro mark or million pound mark within my portfolio within a shorter time frame so I'm going to start allocating more money into my investment fund and so no I'm not going to go out every time I'm asked I'm not going to go buy this new thing I'm not going to go on all the trips that are available or that I'm invited to because I've shifted my financial priorities. And it's just, let's just normalize that that's a great thing 
to be able to have clarity on and it's a great thing to be able to decide that you want to do for yourself. So, you know, if you want to continue this journey, definitely go check out the investing mini book down below. Keep an eye out. I do live investing masterclasses throughout the year. I would love to connect with you live on one of those and I welcome you into this community. So I'm so grateful that you're here. Just know that you are a trailblazer for turning up and wanting to discover more about investing, about managing your money, getting personal with your finances and sprinkling some money magic on top of it. So it's been amazing. I will see you and chat with you in the next episode. It was absolute magic going on this journey with you. If you are ready to take it to the next level, why not check out the link down below in the show notes and download your free investing money book, 37 pages of pure witchy investing magic. And if you're feeling in the giving mood, would you leave us a review or share this with a bestie and support us in this global mission of creating even more wealthy witches. And if we're not already connected on Instagram, make sure you come and say hi at I am Laura Tynan. See you there.